This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Westwards podcast for today, Friday the 16th of April 2021. My name is James Roy, I am your host today, as I am most times. I first of all have to give you my apologies for missing out one of the fortnightly podcasts. I have an excuse, which I'm going to uh, present to you shortly. Whether or not you accept that excuse is pretty much entirely up to you. But uh, what have we got today? Well, we've got the usual quote of the day from a birthday boy. Uh, we also have uh, an interview, very short excerpt of an interview from uh, our very first resident at the Daffodil Cottage uh, Writer-in-Residence in North Katoomba, and a little bit of other news as well and some exciting things to talk about. So let's get on with it. For anyone who hasn't uh, visited the Westwards website, westwards.com.au, or heard our podcast in the past, or doesn't in fact know anything about who Westwards is, I'm going to give you the very quick rundown. We're a literature organisation based in Western Sydney. Our, our office was in North Parramatta and it will be again at some point in the future. At the moment, however, we are based in Wedderburn, which is it's actually on the fringes of Western Sydney, way, way down near Campbelltown, a beautiful spot out in the bush. Uh, the internet isn't great, I've got to say. We get by, but uh, it's a beautiful place to go, so that sort of makes up for it. There's koalas down there. People tell me there's koalas. I haven't actually seen one yet, uh, either on the road or in the trees, but I keep my eyes open because I am determined to one day see a koala in the wild. And I think if I'm ever going to do that uh, in Sydney, Wedderburn might be the place to do it. So that's where we're based at the moment, and what we do is we offer support to... Uh, writers, creators, educators, audience members, anyone who's interested in storytelling. We aren't, we don't restrict what we do to people from Western Sydney, but really we are there for Western Sydney. We think Western Sydney is an amazing place. It's uh, two and a half million people living in a fairly sizable uh, slab of land that basically we consider the area to go from Parramatta right across and up the hill into uh, up to Mount Victoria, up into Windsor and, and the Hawkesbury, the Hills District, all the way down to uh, Campbelltown and Camden and so forth. So, and uh, right across Western Sydney. So that's a pretty amazing part of the world. There's something like 180 countries represented in Western Sydney and 13 LGAs and people speaking roughly 100 different languages. So it's, it's an amazing place and all those people have stories and that's what we're there for. So in a moment, we're going to talk about the latest thing from Westwards that is uh, designed to help people tell their stories better and to enjoy the process of telling stories. 
the Living Stories West Words West Lit Writing Prize for 2021. It's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail in a moment. The, en the entries are still being taken and there are still some workshops available. We'll give you all that detail in just a little while. But first, I want to talk about our birthday boy. Now, as anyone who uh, has spent any time listening to our podcast before will know, we, uh, we like to have a quote of the day from someone who was either born, usually they're born on this day, but sometimes they passed away on this day, or part of a massive event or an important historical event that occurred on this day. Today we're kind of going with the, the standard thing. We've got a birthday, and the birthday is uh, Kingsley Amos. Now, Kingsley Amos, he would have been, he would have been 99 today. Uh, so basically the same age as the Duke of Edinburgh who passed away a couple of weeks back. Now, Kingsley Amos was a novelist, a poet, a commentator, critic, scriptwriter. He was also part of uh, a group of rabble-rousing young English writers of the 1950s called the Angry Young Men. He was a communist. He was a fairly um, bit of a firebrand communist, I think. He, he got very upset when Khrushchev apparently made what they called a secret speech where he... After Stalin died, he was very, Khrushchev was very critical of uh, Stalin's policies in, and in, in particular Stalin, Stalin's violence and, and brutality. And uh, Kingsley Amos wasn't best pleased by this. So he was actually perhaps a bit of a Stalinist. I don't want to talk too much about uh, who he was in that way because I'm not a biographer and I'm sure it's very complex. But that's from the, the reading I've done on, on Kingsley Amos, that seems to have been the case. He's also uh, the father of Martin Amos. So Kingsley was a, a co comedic writer, but also a, a critic and quite savage and had, a, had an interesting turn of phrase. He was also something of a, a uh, drunk and a curmudgeon. One of his quotes, and this isn't the one we wanted to talk about, one of his quotes is, if you can't annoy somebody, there's a little point in writing. Uh, look, I, I think we all know writers like this. I guess that sort of dovetails into this idea that if you write in such a way that everyone's going to be pleased, you're not going to achieve it. You're just going to write really uh, lily-livered material that uh, just irritates everyone. So maybe he does have a point. If you, can't annoy, if you can't annoy somebody, there's a little point in writing. Although I'd argue there's other reasons to write, and we'll get to that in just a sec. I know it's a throwaway line, but let's talk about it in a bit more detail in a moment. He had a little to say on the uh, topic of criticism as well. He was a critic himself, but he, was, uh, he wasn't a big fan of critics, other critics who criticised his work, but he was always very keen to uh, make the claim that he didn't care about what others thought about his work. He said, a bad review may spoil your breakfast, but you should not allow it to spoil your lunch. But I think it did get to him. I think it, it, even though he was very much about throwing these lines away and saying, well, I, d I don't really care what the critics think about my work. He also said this, every time I sit down to write a novel, I think this time I'll show them. So maybe he did in fact care. Perhaps he was being just a little bit kind of trying to show some, some bluster and some, uh, some bluff, but in actual fact, he actually did care. And he wouldn't be human if he didn't. But this is the one that puzzled me and, and I, I wanted to, to share with you. He said, to refer even in passing to unpublished or struggling authors and their problems is to put oneself at some risk 
So I will say here and now that any unsolicited manuscripts or typescripts sent to me will be destroyed unread. You must make your way yourself. Why you should be so set on the nearly always disappointing profession is a puzzling question. I mean, that is an interesting question, isn't it? Because when the average writer's income in Australia is somewhere between eleven dollars and $15,000 a year, why do we want to do it? Why are we set on this nearly almost always disappointing profession? Are we just narcissists? Is that why we want to do it? Are we trying to self-correct something? Are we trying to self-administer some kind of therapy? Are we, are we self-medicating in a sense? I don't know, but it does remind me of uh, a quote by John Grisham who... Uh, who wrote, this is John Grisham, the, who writes the legal books, the, uh, the, the courtroom books, uh, like the Pelican Brief and Time to Kill and The Firm and, and so forth. And he said, uh, I mean, he, he, I think he kind of agreed with uh, Kingsley Amos on the reviewer thing. He said, I've learnt not to read reviews, period. And I hate reviewers, all of them, or at least all but two or three. Life is much simpler ignoring reviews and the nasty people who write them. Critics should find meaningful work. So, so I think he, he probably shared uh, that with Kingsley Amos. But this is what he said about getting back. He said, The good thing about writing fiction is that you can get back at people. I've gotten back at lawyers, prosecutors, judges, law professors and politicians. I just line them up and shoot them. So to Sir Kingsley Amos, we say happy birthday. I mean, I must say I find your claimed ability to ignore critics either admirable or disingenuous. But either way, thanks for reminding us that while the artistic life is not easy, nor in many ways does it make a lot of sense, it's not unusual to find ourselves drawn to it in all its frustrations. And perhaps more importantly, that whether or not we can find a suitable reason to do it, we're not alone. I, I, I choose to take that from what he said. In fact, I feel very grateful that all successful writers are not like you, Kingsley Amos, uh, turning away less experienced people who need support and advice. In fact, I think I'm going to give John Grisham the last say here, even though it's not his birthday, because he had something to say about this as well. He said, Stephen King reached out to me 25 years ago and taught me some valuable lessons. In return, I've tried to be generous with my time over the years with young writers. I've given them my email and said, if you need someone to talk to, I've been through it. So in the spirit of this idea of uh, being generous with advice and, and assisting people and supporting people and encouraging people, which I have to say is one of the things that Westwards is all about, uh, we were very grateful to receive uh, an email from someone called Rach Evans and her partner. And uh, their uh, offer was to let us uh, use their house in North Katoomba uh, and and administer or, or facilitate writers in residence in, in that place. And so we had our first one up there a few weeks back. In fact, in the middle of the big floods, uh, Nix Hamilton, who is a young adult writer, uh, who who lives, lives down in the Hills District, and in fact, her husband is the minister at a church in Pitt Town. And I was a bit concerned when I went to speak with her that maybe she was going to tell me that her, her husband's church was, had been washed away. And in fact, it hadn't. It was okay by all accounts. But I went to visit Nick's at the house in Katuma as part of her residence and to have a chat with her about the idea of 
collaboration because it's one of the things that the, the cottage is all about. It has the ability for people to come and uh, collaborate with each other. And if you have two people who are working together on something, they can both stay there and get some time to really work on something together uh, without distraction. So this is just the beginning of a conversation I had with Nix Hamilton. Talking to Nix Hamilton, who is the, uh, the first of our residents at the Daffodil Cottage Residency. Um, and for the, if you're not familiar with what we're doing here, uh, Rach and Katie, who are the owners of this beautiful little cottage uh, here, have donated this space to us to, um, to facilitate artists in residence. And um, Nix, you're the first. I'm Congratulations. Very Thank you. So you're here for, what, five nights? And, um, yes. What are you working on? You, you, you're here to get some peace and quiet and, um, and uh, yeah. get some work done. What's going on? Yeah, that's right. Well, the kids are currently home from school because of flooding. Great week to be up here instead of down there with them. Um, hopefully I'll get a lot of work done. Uh, so I'm working on a young adult novel. Um, it's called We Swallowed the Stars and it's set in Western Sydney. Um, and it's a story about a dysfunctional relationship between two teens, Savannah and Zach, and their lives are quite intertwined. They've known each other since they were born and Savannah is really keen for something to happen uh, between them. And they're sort of in that stage where nothing has been defined, but there's definitely things going on between them, but what is it? A whole lot of questions. And then there's a party and Zach hooks up with someone else and that person becomes pregnant. Oh, so, hello. <laughs> so all the things. Big spoiler um, alert, but sure. Better. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so, um, so the book kind of follows that fallout from that event and the relationship, the changed relationship between Savannah and Zach and the relationships between their close friends and family during that time. And it's... It's a novel about how to love and about how to realign your world when those significant relationships um, change dramatically or they just, they don't, they just fail you um, and you're kind of left floundering. So um, yeah, so that's, that's the book. It also critiques sort of that Hollywood ideology of uh, the guy should be prepared to do anything for you. Mm -hmm. uh, which, if you take that concept to its extreme, is really quite damaging and extreme. So, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm working on this week. Um, I've done the first draft, I've edited it four times, and now, with help from my friend Hayley, um, I'm going to be banging that into shape, just making sure that I've got all the loose ends that are important to tie up, that I tie them up and make sure that I've got all of that emotional payoff at the end that it's meant to have, um, along with things like voice, just checking. I've got two point of views, so I'm trying to make sure that they sound like them and there's not that accidental mix of voice going on. Because originally when you were going to, when you applied for this, you talked about, you know, one of the advantage, one of the things that we've, highlighted with this residence is the ability for people to collaborate, you know, be it a, a writer and an illustrator or a screenwriter mm. and a director or a 
song uh, librettist and a composer or whatever. Um, and Hayley was going to be joining you and for a whole bunch of reasons she, she can't. Um, what, what do you think the, the advantages of having somebody to work with in that way? Uh, she's brilliant. So I think finding that person who is able to understand what you're trying to do and then help you achieve that um, through close reading and that, you know, that knowledge of the genre that you're trying to um, work in is so crucial. Um, because when you're close to that work, you can't see it. You might give a chapter a once over and then leave it for a few months and come back to it. But yeah, you don't get that sense of the fresh eyes that somebody else has. And things that make sense to you um, might not make sense to somebody else or even the bulk <laughs> of humanity. But you think that makes complete sense, that sentence. I can, I can see that and somebody else can't. Somebody, yeah, so, somebody, I guess you just need someone sometimes to go. I think I know what you're trying to say there, but yes, wasn't that was not clear. Tighten that up. What what does that mean? Yeah, so she's particularly good at that, and she's a young adult writer as well, um, and she's super diligent, far more diligent than me. And so having the collaboration with her, she has that pace <laughs> that I really need to get things done. So she's an inspiration in that sense. She's like, okay, give me the things, let's work on it, let's do it. Um, and it becomes less of a solo inertia, you know, I'm gonna get this happening all on my own. It becomes much more of a, um, I don't know, the partnership just really helps to kind of have that momentum to see things through like you would want. Um, and do you do and, a similar yeah. thing for her with her work? Um, so, I do, but I think I, I think that she's more helpful to me than I am to her. Uh, so she'll send me chapters of things that she's working on, um, and I'll send edits back or you know thoughts about uh, is this what you're meant to be? So sometimes there's those subtexts that you're working with, and you pick that up and you just write that into the little notes. I'm picking up on this, but that hasn't been. You know that hasn't this has come out of the blue um and then she'll write back oh yeah no i changed things you know because we're halfway through the novel but i did i went back and i did that and so it's it's good to i think be able to have that person who's going hold on a minute that's is that is that right is that what you wanted to do is that a thing or should you just cut that out particularly with side characters and new relationships that might be happening things that the readers kind of reading as a first response to this um so that's kind of what i give her those off the off the cuff sort of things any edits that i can see but she's a good writer she doesn't need a huge amount to be honest <laughs> yeah i think that's um that's good advice that to have someone who can give you guidance in a way that isn't kind of what am i trying to say that you aren't held to it. I, I, my example I would give from my own my own writing is that my first book was get edited by Gary Crew, who was you know pretty pretty major in the YA Australian YA world in the nineties and, and and beyond. And he edited my second book as well. When he came to my second book, he contacted me and said, "So you're going to push back on anything I say this time?" <laughs> I was like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, every time I said to you." 
have you thought about doing this way? That wasn't your cue to go, okay, we'll do it that way. That was your cue to go, actually, Gary, here's why I did it. He said, if you'd pushed back on any of those things and had a good reason to, I would have gone, fair enough, fair Mm. enough. So I I think it's important, isn't it, that you have, that you be able to, that you have a relationship with someone where you're not, because I, I guess I was terrified that if I pushed back too much, he would go back to Leone, the editor, and he would say, I can't work with this guy, just you have to yeah. tear up the contract. Which I know wasn't going to happen, but at the ta- time, you know, this was all I'd ever wanted, so I was mm. terrified that w- that might happen. Yeah, I think yeah, it's important, don't you think? Yeah, I think so too. Yes, I think Haley and I have known each other for a long time, so I think that helps because we've known each other since we were kids and or teens. Um, we both have an acting background, so we were both presenters on some community thing together and we've both sort of taken this trajectory um, into writing because we've always been interested in story but this is just where we ended up um, both together which was you know quite surprising Um, so I think that having that relationship beforehand was really good but in saying that I still do I take very seriously the things that she says to me and I do worry constantly that if I do push back, maybe the editors are going to agree with her and maybe this will be the thing that makes them on their first read go, no, we're not going to work with this person. So there's always that sort of sense of concern there. <laughs> so that was Nick Hamilton talking about uh, the time that she's spent up at Daffodil Cottage. And uh, we've got Peter Ram, who's a poet. He's coming up in, uh, in a couple of weeks and he'll be spending five nights there. And then we've got Brooke Robinson coming, who is a writer for, for performance. And each of those uh, people will be doing something in one of the local schools. We're, we're organising it at the moment. Uh, so that's, that's, they're the first three residents in the Daffodil Cottage Writers in Residence program. We're about to reopen the uh, applications for the second round. We'll have... I think in the next round so go to westwords.com.au and check it out all the all the terms and conditions and and details are there and and where to send your application and and your submission and so forth so get on that because we look forward to seeing your submission so finally let's have a conversation about the Westwards Westlit living stories Western Sydney Writing Prize 2021, that very long title, is a uh, writing prize across all of the 13 local government areas that make up Western Sydney. Ten of the library services have taken part in uh, organising the workshops. We've had a couple of weeks of the workshops already. We've had people like John Larkin, uh, Ben Peake, Oliver Pomervan, Will Kostakis, Laura Greaves... Chloe Higgins, uh, we're also going to have uh, James Knight and, and others all uh, taking part, Jacqueline Harvey, taking part in uh, delivering the workshops for writers across all the four age categories. Now, some of those library services still have spots in their workshops, and these are completely free. They're an hour and a half long, and they're with people who are... Uh, accomplished and professional writers who have runs on the board and are very willing and capable and keen to share their own uh, experience and, and what they do and how they do it. So if you go to westwords.com.au, our website, and, and look for the Living Stories link, the workshops link, you'll find a timetable there of where the workshops are. 
Now, the, the local government areas are supposed to take people from their own LGAs first, but it doesn't hurt to ring and find out whether they have spaces because they will allow you to come and do it if they haven't already filled all the spaces. But if you are unlucky and aren't able to get to any of the in-person workshops, don't forget that we have several online creative writing and poetry workshops uh, that are linked on our webpage. Uh, these are for across all the age categories and uh, they are for anyone who is interested in creative writing. There's some very good writers there. They've done wonderful little workshops and uh, they're very much worth checking out. Now, once you have either been to a workshop, watched a workshop, or in fact don't need a workshop and just want to write your piece, 500 words responding to the theme, are we here yet? And submit it via the website and there is real money attached, real money and real prestige. So get on it, and uh, we look forward to seeing your writing coming in. There was one thing, one more thing I wanted to say before we go. If you have young people in your family and they are keen to have uh, insights into how writing and writers work, then uh, please go to our Clubhouse website, Westwards Clubhouse, and uh, Tim Harris is currently our guest blogger, so he is there to uh, answer your young people's questions about writing and and books and all things creative and tim's a wonderful presenter and he's a wonderful guy and he's a terrific writer and he's been very generous with his time so please go and check out the blog it's uh, it's really worth having a look at so that's it from us for this fortnight uh i can promise you that it won't be a uh, four weeks before the next one i think i was going to give you an excuse wasn't i the excuse might be that uh, in the two weeks when I should have been working on the, the last podcast, I was actually putting the finishing touches on somewhere between 30 and 40 uh, creative writing workshops across, across Western Sydney. So that might have occupied a bit of my time. Uh, if it, yeah, let, let's, let's say that was the reason. That's, that seems as plausible as anything else. But uh, we'll be back in a week with another mini masterclass and in a fortnight with the next of these news, views and interviews podcasts. But until then, as we always say, happy creating.